Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Friday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlick and McLean. And you can tell if you're watching on YouTube, by the way, if you're not watching on YouTube, what are you doing? But if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Eric McLean who gets gear everywhere he goes. He has no shame. He's going to accept every single piece of clothing you're going to give him, and I respect it. He is wearing his North Carolina gear. What's up, Mac? Come on, KG. I'm still here on Tobacco Road. I have not left yet. Um, and, and you're going to continue to see me here, maybe for another episode or two. We'll see. Um, but it, it, it's all about the heels today. And I love when this kind of you know works out because we are on the North Carolina for TV show as well. And so it, it's nice. You know, it's all about the heels, all about UNC. And, uh, you know, it's, we're getting so close. We've got two of these left, which is crazy. UNC today, Clemson on Monday. And then it's game week, and we're rolling, and we're full speed ahead. So super fun episode today. We've got Coach Mac Brown joining us. Uh, he, he's helping us break down everything about the Tar Heels. And I think we we actually recorded this with Coach. He was the first one. We recorded yeah. this. A little little time has passed since then, but you know how summer is. It's all pretty uh, you know the, the same up until game week. So it was a lot of fun talking with them. Um, let's, let's get to that interview, KG. A quick message from our friends over at Ingalls. Before we talk to Coach. Did you know that Ingalls sells more organics than any other store? Or that they run their own dairy? Or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else? Or that they have energy smart stores? Or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisle, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department? Or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Coach Mac Brown, welcome back to the podcast. Three straight years, man, of you gracing your presence here. We are so grateful and appreciative. Of course, it's summertime, so I've got to ask you, uh, in the 24-7, 365, that is college football, do you have any fun plans? Have you done anything fun this summer with the grandkids? I haven't yet, but we uh, we have six grand cre- uh, grandkids, three boys and three girls. We always go to the mountains of North Carolina for July the 4th. We spend about a week together. You can imagine about 15 of us in one house. <laughs> it gets a little bit crazy. They're between 8 and 12, <laughs> and they're all cousins, and they love each other. And I know you all have uh, young ones in your house now that are newborns, and it just gets more fun and fun and fun and uh, they're, they're just so good to be around and they look forward to it. And every year of their life, they have gone to Linville, North Carolina. And, and this is just part of their life. So I keep thinking that the iPad's going to get us, friends are going to get us, summer sports are going to get us. But so far, Linville's been able to hang in there. That's awesome, Coach. Love to hear uh, those traditions. And speaking of fun things that you've been doing, I saw you post this on Instagram, the Wells Fargo Pro-Am little golf out there. You played with Roy Williams and David Tepper. I've got to know, how'd you shoot? And what what did you guys talk about on that little round? Can you share any fun stories? Well, Kelly, it, uh, I, I play coach's golf, so that means it's inconsistent at <laughs> Sure, best. sure. And I learned at a very early age as a head coach, they want you to be athletic. Your fans want you to be competitive. 
They want you to hit a few good shots, but don't play well enough to think you've been practicing. Smart. Well, That's right. I, I've That's got right. that down Smart. pretty good. And then I chipped out of the sand, and I, I was about six inches from the hole, and I was so proud of myself. Of course, Coach Williams chipped it in on 18 in front of the whole crowd, out of the sand. He had to show me up, and then he took 17 bows. So <laughs> I've got it. But we um, – Coach Williams and I obviously talked a lot about the changes in college sports mm. in the last two years because he got out and NIL and transfer portal. And if, yeah. if he thought he should have stayed in longer, and he said, no, mm. I'm good. I am good. <laughs> and uh, David Tepper, uh, we're in the same business, really. We're, we're in the recruiting business and the scouting business. And he had just taken a number one pick as a quarterback. Yeah. And we were talking about how important that is. We talked about Drake and Sam and where our program is. And uh, so it was uh, it was a great time for the three of us to just share stories about college and pro sports, where we are, where things are going. And, and it was really an enjoy, enjoyable couple of hours. Did, did you tell Tepper it, it was an interesting choice not waiting a year to make that trade? Did you tell him that? I think that uh, he understood that I like Drake a lot. <laughs> and, right. and then after we That's got right. through, the, the media surrounded me and, of course, they were all asking about David and what did he say and what about the number one pick and what about the quarterback? Yeah. And I just said the only quarterback I talk about is named Drake May. That's right. And I said That's the only right. NFL quarterback I talk about is Sam Howell. So between <laughs> exactly. the two, if you have any questions, I can answer those. I don't talk about the picks of the Panthers. <laughs> Smart. I love it, Coach. Well, let's do it, man. Let's jump into this thing and discuss your team. And speaking of Drake May, I mean, he has everything you want in a quarterback, right? And and he's you know one of the best in the country. But just from your perspective, from a guy that that, that recruited him, that that works with him each and every day, what makes him different? Why why is he one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the country? Eric, I love his family, and and his dad was a graduate assistant for me my first year here, so I've known him. <laughs> for years. And I watched Luke grow up and now Bo's on the basketball team. I think he's, uh, everybody uh, is lucky if they're raised right. And Amy and Mark are wonderful parents. His grandparents are, are unbelievable. So all of those kids have been raised right. They know the difference in right and wrong. They've learned how to compete. Uh, they, they know what's right about life and, and how to get there. And then you're the youngest of a bunch of boys in a house. And I told him he, he had to call a fair catch before he could get a chicken leg at dinner. <laughs> and they have beaten that poor boy down. So he likes to compete. And he has to compete every day. And two of the boys have already won national championships. So he's got to get a national championship before he can even live at the, the house and, and, and look like it's going well. Uh, but I think uh, his intelligence, his leadership, he's got a great heart. He's... Uh, he, he's made some money, obviously, being a quarterback at a top program for NIL. He's so much more worried about the other kids. He doesn't want to take money away from them. I, I, I see him outside working with the offensive line the other day, and they're doing a commercial. So he's, he brought some people in on his NIL deal to give offensive linemen an opportunity. Come on. I, I see that on, on uh, Father's Day the other day, uh, he and a group of receivers got a deal from some uh, seafood restaurant and they're sending all the dads the receivers uh, wow. gifts on Father's Day so that's just who he is he's a team guy he's he's that guy that when he walks in the room everybody stops and turns around and looks at him because he's he's that guy and he has yeah. the it factor and and uh, I, I think that's what makes him so good 
Yeah. I love it, Coach. I mean, he just burst on the scene. And, and it's funny, I was looking back at, at our interview from a year ago, and the first question we asked is, who's your quarterback going to be, right? That there was some, uh, I don't call it controversy, but uh, you hadn't publicly told us. Uh, and then we found out very quickly. And he, he just had such a great year, has all the tools that you just mentioned in the background and the backbone that supports him. Uh, but to, to end the season there, he and, and you guys, just North Carolina, struggled a little bit. And teams, I don't want to say figure out because he's too good. You, you can't figure him out. But they presented difficulties in really three different ways. So what do you chalk that up to, I guess, those last three regular season games? And and maybe how has he gotten past that or better than that this year? I thought uh, we played some really good defenses. Number one, NC State, Clemson, Oregon were all great defenses. And Georgia Tech was a lot better defense than people gave him credit for. They had struggled at quarterback. Um, I thought the, the first game, uh, we, we walked into Georgia Tech feeling too good about ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, after just winning the Coastal, and then we, uh, we got up 17 to nothing and took a big yawn and, and left and, and didn't finish the game, and that's maturity. We've got to grow up. You, you can't, Georgia Tech's got good players. They're well coached. We gave them some hope, and you can't do that. You've got to put things away. I, I saw... Uh, Miami was up 3-1 on, on uh, Boston, and they're up by 15, and they're about to put them away. And look out, they came down to game seven yeah. because they didn't put them away. So uh, those are, are learning, teachable moments for us, learning moments that we've got. When we got to get somebody on the ropes, you got to put them away. You, you've got to do that. And then we play NC State. It's a great game. We came down, missed a field goal at the end. Um, but they we, we scored 27 points, and... Uh, had a chance to, to score some more. We just missed a field goal. And, and then Clemson, we didn't play well offensively. We, we ended up, uh, we, we had three turnovers, which is unusual for us. And we had a blocked field goal that, that uh, you cost you 24 points when you look at it or opportunities. And one of those was a 10-point swing because they intercepted and ran it back for a touchdown. And then offensively, we lost our offensive coordinator and our offensive line coach and, and, and played Oregon down to the wire. So, um Two of the teams were probably better than we were. Uh, we were more like the other two. Uh, we came down to the last play in two of them. So uh, there's a lot made of how we didn't finish, but you got to give other people credit too. They got scholarship players. and uh, They played good. And we didn't finish right. It had nothing to do with Drake. Uh, I do think that we, we had better plans through our 10 games. I didn't think we did as good offensively at adjusting uh, the last four games, and, and that's on me. I've got to make sure that we give the kids a chance. Coach, that's one of the things we love about you is you're always going to bring it back to yourself as as the head of the program. And we're on to 2023, and there's a lot of excitement about this team. And one of those exciting new aspects of this team and this program is Coach Chip Lindsey. Hiring Coach Lindsey, um, maybe we'll see some changes to the offense. Of course, we know Drake May is going to be the staple. He's there, and any coach in the country would want to come and do an offense with him. But what can we expect from this offense and Coach Lindsey? Kelly, uh, Chip has been offensive coordinator at four different places, Arizona State, Southern Miss, Auburn, and UCF. He called plays at three of those four. He didn't call them last year for, for Coach uh, Malzahn at UCF. But he, he keeps the same passing game that we've got. That's one of the reasons that I hired him. He's been a, an air raid guy his whole life. And he, he did it in high school as a high school coach, very successful in Georgia and Alabama. Uh, and then at the, the, the three other places where he called plays, they averaged 33 points a game. 
and, and won a championship. Uh, and he's a great teacher. He's got two of his quarterbacks that are in the NFL. So I, I felt like all of that would, would fit us perfectly. Then he's got uh, a better running game than we've had the last two years. Uh, coach Malzahn has done a tremendous job of running the football. And he and our new offensive line coach, Randy Clements, are very good friends. They always wanted to work together. They've got the same philosophy. So we're going to be a, a, a tougher, more physical running team like we were the first two years here. Uh, we've gotten away from that probably because Sam was the big runner two years ago. And, and, and then last year, Drake threw it so well we didn't have to. Uh, but you were talking about the last four games. When you get down to the end, whether it's playoffs in the NFL or playoffs in, in college football, <clears throat> there's two things you have to have, in my opinion, offensively to be successful. You have got to be able to run the ball, mm-hmm. and you've got to have a great quarterback. So we had one of those last year. We didn't run the ball as well at the end, so that's what we've got to go back and do, and that's why I hired Randy Clements and, and I hired uh, Chip Lindsey. Um, <clears throat> I guess I can say it on, on our podcast, but – when I, I interviewed Coach Clemens, he had a hat on that said, run the damn ball. And, and when, I, when I saw him, I said, you're hired. Uh, we're good. Uh, do we have to talk? I'm, I'm in. And I, I got it. So I want that's us awesome. to run the ball and be physical. And that's something we did so well our first two years. Mm-hmm. And it's why we won. And it's something we've gotten away from the last two. You have more sacks when you don't run the ball. The running game's a yeah, quarterback's right. best friend. You help your defense when you run the ball. They're, they're just you beat the other team down. This is there, there's, right. it's like military tactics. So all of those <laughs> things we didn't do well the last two years, and that's something that we're going to get back to. I love that, coach, especially as an offensive lineman. I love to hear all of that in the hat. Uh, that's absolutely beautiful. Uh, you, you talk about that run game and really a stable of running backs and we saw different guys at different points and injuries played a big factor in that as well and also an offensive line that, that I think going into this season really good foundation and and you need some pieces to you know step up and and you know kind of make some noise on the offensive line so who are some of those guys whether they're they're new via the transfer portal or some young maybe you know guys that are okay it's your time to step up you've got to go Eric we we don't talk about injuries during the season because it's right. it's going to happen. And it's an absolute excuse. And I've told our coaches and players, I, I don't hear it because nobody cares. You know, go <laughs> win the games. I, I mean, we, we got to take care of the guys that are hurt, but nobody wants to hear all your problems. Because everybody's got some. And our defensive line really got beaten up during the year, and we weren't as good at the end of the year. But the running backs, nobody could stay healthy. And, and, and so we played too many. So we're playing four or five guys – and not playing any of them long enough and well enough to get established. So we want to go back and have two guys that play and have a third one ready if those two guys get hurt. And and that's who we want to be. So we're kind of a two plus one. And then we've always rotated our backs. And if one of them gets the hot hand, leave him in. Let him go, man. It's his game. And and the, and the kids understand that and go. Uh, so that's what we're getting back to. And And... We've got a real difficult start with South Carolina, uh, App State at home, Minnesota at home, and then at Pittsburgh. Ooh. All of those very physical games, they're, they're games that we're going to have to stop the run and run the ball. So we're going to have to get started with a hot practice immediately and, and be tough and physical in practice because we don't have a play-in game like most people do. <laughs> 
Right. That's Definitely right. Not. No scrimmages. That's right. No scrimmages to start our season. <laughs> and coach, I, I do want to bring something back up that you and I were talking about last fall and kind of the way that that what you just said there about that running back group and you want to get guys ready. In practice, you guys don't do a first string, second string, third string. You do it based off of, of color and you want guys to get, you know, to, to that certain color. So maybe just the mindset of that and how in this particular, you know, circumstance here, that's really going to help guys emerge and the best will will step to the front. Eric, one, one thing I've, I've really learned, I, I, I felt this way my whole career, but we haven't done as good a job here as I have in the past, is that you, you need to play more than a few players. The more depth you've got, the more players. You, you all are athletes, and, and you sit there, and uh, if I put you in and, and you're a, a tackle who's not out there with the first team to start with, but if I put Eric in and he gets to play and I pat him on the back, he's going to play better. <clears throat> he's going to practice better. He's got, you got better team morale. You're less likely to get guys hurt. You're developing players faster for the future. So we've got to play more players, and it keeps the second team guys from getting in the portal as quickly. We've had guys get in the portal because they wanted to play more, and I'm sitting there as a fan of theirs saying, I totally understand. I, I mean, if they're not going to play you here, we're not going to play you here. Let's get you somewhere because you work too hard, and everybody wants to play. So I think one of the real keys for us and for other people moving forward, we're going to have to do a better job of developing players because everybody's lost their patience. If you can't play, go get one of the portal. And that's just not that, that's not team building. That's, that's not who we want to be, not who anybody wants to be. And, and that's what's happening now. But you can miss in the portal easy too. <laughs> so I'd rather get high school guys and raise them, play a lot more guys, have more depth, have better team morale, and, and then be healthier at the end of the season. Well, one of those homegrown guys, if you will, that you raised up at, in your program was Josh Downs, who was just electric last year. He's on to the NFL. Um, so is Antoine Green, some of these great wide receivers. So talk to me about this group, Coach. You know, you're adding Tez. You added Nate McCollum from the portal, kind of handpicking certain pieces you want to bring in. Um, but they're playing with Drake May, so they're going to have the QB. So tell me more about this wide receiver group. Well, Kelly, one thing, when you've got Drake, a lot of people want to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. When when people say, why would Nate McCollum transfer in? Drake. In our passing game. Why would Tez Walker? Drake. In our passing game. So, yes, uh, we were unfortunate that Josh missed four games getting hurt and then missed the bowl game because he opted out. We were unfortunate that Antoine Green missed a lot during mm-hmm. last season. Missed the first four games, then he missed the, the end. Um, so we, we got to play other guys and the Gavin Blackwells and the Kobe Pace hours and the JJ Joneses, uh, those guys really stepped up and, and made a difference. So we had a good foundation, but then the, they're pretty inexperienced. You got Andre Green coming back. You, you signed three guys coming in, but now you bring in Tez and Nate and you've got older guys that are experienced and more ready to play that grueling schedule at the beginning of the season and uh, they have outstanding springs. So, so we think that we, we had a good group of receivers. We added two players of need that are older with great speed that are experienced and, and successful. And one of the things about the portal that's intriguing is when you hire a high school guy, you're taking some risks mm-hmm. sure. because they're sure. 17, 18 years old and you're not sure what's going to happen in three years. You take a guy that's played for four years, you've got a pretty good idea of who he is. Right. 
And that's what happened with those two guys. They, they came in and performed at a high level, and they also really mixed with the team. That The, the team accepted them. Uh, they, they were all in with the team. So that's the other question about transfers. What does it do to your locker room? Yeah. Sure. And, and we've got transfer portal with locker room. we got NIL with locker room. So unlike your all's locker room and my locker room in the past, <laughs> locker room's different now than it's ever been. No, no, no question about it, coach. And I think when you, you know, the, the good thing is about ball players is is the respect is earned so quickly when you put in the work and when guys see, okay, he cares, he can help us, he he can be this force. And I know those two young men, you know, just a small sample size, but they've done that, you know, for you can't wait to see them. Let's look at the defense before we get you out of here. I, I know it, it wasn't the standard of football that Coach Chizik expects, that you expect, that Heels fans expect. Uh, but there were some bright points, and there's some really good players along this defense. How can guys like Cedric get Gray and, and, and Miles Murphy and Desmond, how can they just elevate a little bit more to take that next step and, and get you where you need to be? Well, to, to be fair, Eric, we've played bad defense since we've gotten here. We've been inconsistent. We, we've played some good games, but we haven't had good years. And really and truly, Coach Fedora's offenses were good at the end. His defenses weren't good. So we got left a lot of really good offensive players. We didn't get a, a, a great deck of defensive players left here when we showed up. Uh, facts. Uh, I mean, people don't like to hear facts sometimes, but they're facts. Um, and then last year, I do think that it, it hurt us some that Gene had been out for five years. And he didn't realize that, and I didn't realize that, because the transition for me was easier as a head coach than it was as a coordinator because things have changed faster in the last five years on, on, on offense than, and defense than they have as a head coach. I've got some things I had to deal with, but not all the different formations and looks and speed of the game. And so uh, Gene has said uh, we got better as the season went on because one of the things is he got better as the season went on because you, you got to call defenses really fast. And, and he even – uh, had five years off, but then a couple of years as a defensive coordinator, but then was a head coach. So he hadn't been a defensive coordinator in a long time. And we probably played better defense at the end of the year because we held Georgia Tech to 24 or 21, 21. Um, the, the plays that Clemson made were really a lot because of our offense. Had Oregon down to 19 seconds to win the game when they were averaging 50 points a game. So I think because of the debacle in the fourth quarter at Appalachian State, we didn't get credit after that for getting better because everybody, that's one thing I was in your business. One thing we do if we're not careful, we get something set in our mind and we don't change it. So but true. They are bad on defense and they're going to be bad on defense as long as I'm sitting here this year. Uh, so we, we don't give credit. I think they averaged giving up 24 points a game in, in the ACC, uh, which was good enough with our offense to win all the games. Uh, but said Gray turned down probably being a second round draft choice to come back because he wants to be a, uh, a senior on a really good team and, and be a number one pick. You've got Miles Murphy, who sprained an ankle and didn't play as well last year. You've got Jamari Ritzy sprained an ankle, didn't play as well. You lost Des Evans to a torn peck. Uh, you, you, so there, there's a lot of pieces to this defense that are in place that can get a lot better. Most are back. We've got to play better at safety and corner. I, I, the front seven's going to be better. We've got to play the ball better. I, I told the guys, I, it's not an NCAA rule that you can't bat down or intercept a pass. Uh, and, and I think that's going to help. We, we started doing that some in the spring, 
because we, we didn't tackle well in space and we didn't play the ball well. And, and you got to do all those things against a, a good team because they're, they're going to be able to run it and throw it. And you can't just take away one anymore because everybody's good enough to beat you with something else. But, but our, our defense knows that they were inconsistent. They don't like the, the uh, narrative around how bad we were. They got a chip on their shoulder. Um, and and the, the other thing we've talked about a lot this spring is uh, you got goals. We've all got goals. We got your, your new young kids have goals. We've already got goals for them and plans. And, uh, but really and truly, the goals don't do any good unless you commit to the goal of how to fix it and then unless you accomplish that. So we've talked about running the ball the last two years. We haven't. That's a goal we didn't get accomplished because we didn't really commit to it. We've talked about stopping the run, and now you're not going to get off the field if you let them run for five yards on first down and three yards on second down. Everybody's going to go for third and fourth down with analytics. It's just a new thing. So you've got to stop the run on first down. So I've told Coach Chiswick, uh, don't talk about the goals, man. Commit to it and stop it. And if we have to put 13 on the line of scrimmage to stop the run, have them throw it over our head, go congratulate them if they hit it. But I want the run stopped. So that is our goal, and we are committing to stop it. Coach, this is why you're the best. You can get Mac and I ready to run through a wall in June, getting ready for football season. Okay, last one from me, Coach. And you bring up the South Carolina game, the Minnesota game. Obviously an app, of course. That's a, an in-state. But these games are super important for you guys. You have – aspirations of championships you have playoff aspirations with this changing landscape which you and and Roy were talking about on the golf course how important is a game like North Carolina South Carolina not just for recruiting not just for you know playing in Charlotte having all your fans there but for the ACC like do you do you guys feel a little bit of that how important that game is Kelly absolutely when you schedule a a, a huge game as an opener mm-hmm. It affects your off-season. It affects your every day. It affects your talk in the locker room uh, because we don't have a play-in game. Like we said, we don't have a, a scrimmage. Sometimes you can take a game and say, we'll, we'll play everybody and don't show anything, and that's not the deal. you no. you, you got to get ready to go. And, and they've got momentum. We don't. Mm. We, we're, we're the, we, we slid at the end. Uh, they're all on cloud nine. Yeah. So th- yeah. that's it. But the other thing is I, I talked to Coach Gene Stallings once, who's a mentor of mine, a dear friend of mine, and, and he said, you think a game's not important, try to lose it, and then it'll become important. <laughs> yep. So they're all important. That's right. And you got to beat South Carolina. If you don't, you got to learn from losing and come back and get ready to beat App State because they're going to feel like they can beat you more if you lose to South Carolina. So what you do is, is you prepare to win every game. You try to win every game. You, you get the best plan you can for every game. And I haven't done this very well in my career, but I'm trying to do better. After that one's over, let's go back to work and don't let one beat you twice. you got to go right back to work. So um, I, I'm excited about the challenge of opening up with South Carolina. It's going to be fun. It's not a conference game, but it's a, it's a national game. They end up, uh, they could have very well been 6-6, six and six, and here they are. They beat Clemson, Tennessee and Clemson back-to-back. Two nationally ranked teams, so they are on a roll, and Coach Beamer's got them stirred up and going. Uh, they they all feel really good about themselves. Eric lives in that world down there with South Carolina, my fault, my fault. Uh, and they deserve that. So uh, good for us that we get a chance to to challenge a team that that's doing so well. 
That's right, Coach. Well, I'm a Tar Heel fan most days, but I will be ecstatic <laughs> on that day. Cannot wait. Uh, always appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much for the insight, and can't wait to watch you guys this season. Well, thank you both, and congratulations on those young babies. There's nothing better than raising children, and I would say that both of those young ones are really, really lucky to have you as parents, and good luck moving forward. And there is no book on raising children that really That's works. Right. <laughs> it's what you have to do every day. So, and, and I will say this in closing, being a grandparent is a lot more fun than being a parent. So <laughs> hang in there through this ordeal. As soon as these have kids, then you become much smarter. Mac Brown is just the ultimate college football coach. I love talking to Mac Brown and he's ready for this season with a team that I think the, the overall big picture here, Mac, is this offense is still going to be really good. The defense is the question mark. And, and Mac Brown, Mac, we have two Macs here, did not hold back talking about his defense. But let's start with the offense. Let's start with Drake May. Mac, we know Drake May. He led one of the best offenses in the country last year. He was, I wrote this down, he was the only player in uh, D1 with 5,000 total yards in, of offense, which is just crazy. So what can we expect from Drake May here in year two as a starter? Yeah, you know, I, I'm interested to see the growth. You know, when a guy was was been thrown around with Heisman finalists and winning the trophy and, and you know, first, second best quarterback, however you want to look at it, in the country, that's a lot of pressure to be better. You know, playing for an ACC championship, winning the last ever division, um, you know, the Coastal Division there. How do you get better? What do you do? And, and, you know, I think when you look at his game, there's a couple of things that can really solidify him, in my mind, as as – you know, the the first or second guy taken, you know, whether I, I know the, the love affair with Caleb Williams and people, you know, comparing him to Patrick Mahomes, which that's exciting, right? Like it's hard to pass up a guy like that. But, you know, when you see Drake and the tools that he has and his composure and you know just how he can lead a team, uh, I think that's very enticing too. So for me, the things that I would love to see him get better at KG is just pocket presence overall, you know, knowing when to extend a play, knowing when to run, knowing when to check it down and knowing when to throw it away. Now, that sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. It's pretty you know, simple for a guy to just have that kind of plan in your mind with the, the play given. You know, do, know where that running back's going to be. Know where that outlet is going to be that you see a bunch of guys in coverage. They're dropping everybody. Well, guess what? Running back, boom, get it to them, wide open. Uh, if you see that it's a pressure, you know, you got to have that answer quick. Don't, don't take all those sacks. And I know that's on the offensive line, too and the schemes and, and the running backs, you know, it's a collective effort. Uh, but the quarterback, unfortunately, takes a, a lot of brunt of that. Um, and then kind of, you know, the, the the Sam Howell thing, too, when you're running, you're trying to scramble around, and you duck out a yard short of the line of scrimmage, that's a sack. That puts us behind the line. That puts us in a negative spot. So just throw that ball away. So some little things like that uh, that, that I think certainly can help his game immensely uh, and get them in a really good chance and in position to win. Um and then when you, you see how last season finished, you know, and I know that's not how he wants to finish. I think he wants to finish way stronger. And, you know, defenses were giving them a lot of weird different looks that they hadn't seen. So how is he going to grow from that as a player to get smarter, to get better? Of course, he has a new offensive coordinator, so that synergy is going to be interesting to see how they connect and, and relate right away. Uh, but there's no question he, he's one of the best players in the entire country. 
No doubt. No doubt. I think the small things, the small details, throwing the ball away, keeping himself out of harm's way while still using his athleticism to a certain extent, I think that's going to be key. It's kind of similar to what we talked about um, about Riley Leonard, you know, making sure that he can stay on the field. That's the biggest thing for Drake May. And I think handling the pressure, but Mac, I feel like Drake May's personality is really good for this situation. He's a guy that's not going to get too high or too low. He doesn't really buy into his own hype, you know, his own press clippings. He seems like a very humble, mature kid. So hopefully that helps him handle this pressure because, you know, this is a lot of money on the line. This is, as as the kids would say, Mac, this is a bag season for Drake May. <laughs> it really is. And I think exactly what you said about you know, just who he is, how he was raised, his parents, his brothers. I mean, this family, you know, they've done such a great job in, in raising these boys, but this family's also had a lot of success, right? right. And, and have won national championships and have professional other brothers. And they kind of have this roadmap before they got to the youngest. And, and you know, I, I think kind of similar to what you said of reading his press clippings and, and not being phased by any of that stuff. He was probably beat up his whole life by his bigger brothers, right? So he's just like, I just got to make it. I just got to keep going and uh, and make it happen here. But that that's the attitude that I get to KG. The dude hadn't changed since you know when we were at camp a year ago from you know a couple of days ago where he wasn't even the starter yet. He he was in a quarterback battle, you know, to now where he is this superstar. He is the yeah right. He is this you know potential number one overall pick, and he's the exact same dude. So I think that's even a better quality. And uh, again, just super excited for him and the steps he's going to take this season. Let's talk about his skill players and who he's going to be getting the ball to, because there are some question marks here. As of this recording, we're recording on August 23rd. We do not know about Tez Walker and his eligibility. That's you know going to be a big differentiator for North Carolina. That's an all ACC type performer. So if he becomes eligible, I think that's obviously great news. Nate McCollum, the transfer from Georgia Tech, they're expecting a lot from him. You return some other veterans. You still don't, you don't have Josh Downs, and that's the biggest question mark, Mac. How much do you think, and I know we're speculating here, but how much do you think things change if Tez Walker isn't eligible? And how, how good can he be in this offense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's pretty dramatic, I think, just because there was so much going into that. And if he's not available, you know, okay, who, who's ready? Like, who steps up? Now, the silver lining, I'm not going to say the good thing, this, the silver lining of it is is this was hit – you know, towards the beginning of camp. So at least you've kind of known that, hey, this potentially could happen. You know, and as of right now, it is happening. You know, I think, you know, North Carolina, from from people that I've I've kind of heard from, that they feel good that this might get overturned. But when? Like week five, middle of the season, before week one, which is, you know, nine days away, whatever it is by the time we're recording this. Um, it, it's significant. And just how have they been practicing with him? Um, you know, has, has he gotten reps with the ones? Is, is he just training by himself? I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of a crazy situation and it stinks. Like I, I get the rules and I know KG, we feel differently about this at times, but it, it's just, it's a common sense thing for me where COVID ruined his season where he was, he wasn't able to play. Uh, and he, he left, he transferred and then he transferred again to make his situation better. Get the rule. Don't like the rule. Don't think it, it. it's, you know, again, a common sense thing I think has to kick in. And, you know, when the NCAA – I've wanted to stay away with this, but now I'm just going to jump into it. The NCAA Let's gave a slap on the wrist to Tennessee who had over 200, you know, recruiting violations. 200 times where they said, you did the wrong thing, this was illegal, and it was a money fine. Like, not even a significant amount of money fine. And now – 
you're hurting a, a kid. Like that's what's crazy to me is that the, the NCAA never like does institutional things. It always attacks children, which to me is crazy. And I, I think it's super unfortunate. I get how the rule is written, but again, common sense factor has to come to play here. And and what I kind of hope is happening, KG, and we've seen this before. It's like a a blanket denial for everybody that transferred a second time and then maybe individual case by case they say okay yeah just kidding you can play but just I don't know why it took so long like he transferred in January found out in August that he was ineligible the NCAA is just is trash and I'm excited to when we finally move away from it (laughs) happy hey UNC we're talking about you today sorry Mac, I think one of the biggest issues here is you're right. He transferred in January and they're telling him now that's, that's ridiculous. You're just playing with a kid at that point. And he didn't play at the first school. I, I'm one who kind of likes that the NCAA is actually enforcing some of these rules. Cause it's been kind of crazy that these players can just transfer with no punishment, whatever. But this one to me is different because he didn't play at that first school and it was a COVID situation. So I'm with you on that. Let's talk about some of these running backs, Mac. I know you have been pumped about Omarion Hampton since the day you saw him, can he be the dude? Because this team does need to run the ball a little better, and they're bringing in a guy like Chip Lindsey at OC who I think wants to run the ball a little more. Yeah, you know, I, I hope so because he's such a, a physically imposing guy, right? You, you just see him, and he looks different. Um, and, and for whatever reason, you know, I, I think some injury, maybe some playbook issues, just couldn't stay on the field last year and, and couldn't be the go-to guy. But they have to, right? Somebody has to step up between – Amarion, Elijah, Caleb, George, like they've got on paper, they have this stable, right? That you're just so excited about. And, you know, some different guys that can do different things um, and, and really just be, you know, weapons. And, and who emerges? You know, who gets to see this? Kind of a little inside baseball for you guys. We're recording this the day before I get to see practice. Uh, so I will have a little better idea afterwards. So sorry, you'll have to check out Twitter to, to get that update. But, you know, I, I we just need to see somebody running the ball better, right? Like, it can't just be Drake. He can't be Mr. Do-It-All to where, you know, he has to be the leading rusher in attempts and yards. Like, I would love to see a ground and pound. And when you when everyone knows we're running the football, you still have to be able to run it. And that's an offensive line thing. That's a running back thing. That's a scheme thing uh, to where you can make that happen. And, and I'd just love to see it more from North Carolina and the things that they're able to do. So, Creativity will be interesting. What what are we going to try to do from that standpoint? Um, get different guys involved. What kind of play calling? It, it, it's going to be fun to see, but it's a vital thing. And Coach Mac uh, Brown addressed that. Yeah, exactly. And my main thing, Mac, is do not run Drake May too much to where he gets hurt. I mean, that's the bottom line. And I think every North Carolina fan would agree with that. Um, North Carolina fans, if you have enjoyed our discussion about the offense and you don't want to hear any bad news, um, you can turn it off now. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't encourage that because I want you to listen to the end, but I understand. Let's talk about the defense, Mac. This is a defense that was last in the ACC last year in yards allowed and points allowed. They were last in sacks. And I want to read this specifically. They ranked 128th in sacks and 129th in tackles for loss out of 131 FBS teams. Mac Brown is very aware of this. He did not hold back talking about how this defense needs to be better. You bring back Cedric Gray, Power Eccles, those two guys are kind of the heart and soul in the middle there, but Mac, uh, it can't be worse. How much better can it be? 
It can't be worse. I went in there. I know. Very I went hard. <laughs> it can't be worse uh, because there was two categories that they weren't 14th in in the ACC. So, um, no, I, I don't I, I don't see how it could be. I mean, it, it, that's tough, right? I'm, I'm looking at points per game, yards per game, rushing, passing, sacks. Like, you got to improve. Have to improve. And, and you know, I think it was interesting what he said about Coach Chizik and, and the fact that, you know, he's been out. You know, from from being a defensive coordinator and a coach, like away from football for five plus years, but being a DC for even longer than that. You know, being a, a you know head coach and, and the things in between there. So it's an interesting thing, KG, where the game has changed and you have to reevaluate and learn. And so you know, I am interested to see how is Coach Chizik and the rest of that defensive staff improved. You know, themselves. How have they grown together? How have you seen chemistry? Usually, you you do see a you know, rather large jump from year one to year two um, because I think they have the personnel to do it. I mean, we've been saying that for three years. They've got guys. When you look at, you know, the recruits that UNC has been able to bring in, the four and five stars are, are – a lot of them were on the defense. I know a couple have left and transferred, but there's still a bulk of the guys there. Um, and I'm, I'm going to talk about said and, and power before we get to it. Those two linebackers, I mean, they are freaky. Both guys over 100 tackles each. Cedric, you know, an All-American, every list that you look at, uh, just a really talented player, big, strong, long, fast, very reactionary, um, and, and reads what he sees very well. Uh, and then Powers, kind of the the firecracker of the defense. I mean, he, he lights everybody up. He gets everybody going. And so it, it starts with those two and then blossoms out, and you just have to think, like, how how much better can they be? And when I look at it, it starts with exactly what you mentioned, sacks and tackles for loss. There's too much star power. There's too many five stars, four stars on that defensive line to where they don't get the production that they need. When I look at Miles Murphy, Desmond Evans, Travis Shaw, Jafari Ritzy, the names are there. Like The production needs to follow suit. And when I look at these big bodies, they're in their final form. Desmond Evans just his production needs to skyrocket. I mean, this guy has one sack in three years. He was a five. He was the number one defensive end in the class when he came in here, and to only have one sack is it's just crazy. And so to see him, got to do better, got to be better. Um, and, and I think he can. I surely think he can. Uh, you know, it's just going to be about staying healthy, being on the field, and, and being able to produce. So those are kind of the names, KG, that I'm circling with. You know, a million you know marks here to uh, you've got to step up for our team. The heels need you. The team needs you. And how much better can they be, uh, you know, if that defense is just half better? You know, I'm not saying they have to be all world first in the ACC and everything. Let's just get to number eight, you know, right in kind of the middle of the pack there. And how significantly different can that year be? Mac, I love that breakdown. We will uh, we will see if it can improve. It's got to. But I, I like that you're talking about some of these five stars that UNC has. We need to see some production. All right, let's talk schedule, Mac. This schedule is very interesting to me. Vegas has the win total at eight and a half. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm leaning under on this win total. I think North Carolina, there's a lot of hype because of Mac Brown, because of Drake May. The Tez Walker situation is very, you know, volatile right now. But when I look at the schedule and you, you tell me what you think, I see wins App State, Minnesota, Syracuse, Miami, Virginia, all at home, at Georgia Tech, Campbell, at NC State, that's eight. I'm struggling to guarantee a ninth. Where do you stand here? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's interesting you didn't say Duke at home either. You think the Blue Devils are going to go into old Chapel Hill and, and make some noise there. I think uh, – Well, to me, that's not a guarantee, Mac. 
That's that's not a one where I can just chalk it up as a win. I I'm not sure about that. But you're doing it with at NC State. See, okay, all right. I hear you on that. I hear you on that. I think North Carolina is a better football team than NC State on the road. You're right. Very difficult last game of the year. I think they win one of those two. They probably split Duke and NC State. But for me to say you're going to win both of those and get to nine, I I struggle to see nine. I can see eight, and that's why Vegas again. They they know what they're doing, putting it at eight and a half. They get you. I, I had it eight and a half too. You know, the desert and Emac on the same page here. Um, and I think it's tough. I think I'm going under as well, which is crazy, KG. You know, I'm the over king, and uh, the ACC is just you know never going to lose even to each other. Uh, but I think I have to go under, and I, I think it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, just seeing the growth, new coordinator, defense. What are they going to be able to do? But on top of the league is getting better, and, and that I think is the interesting thing where. You know, it, it, it's not necessarily a diss at North Carolina. It's more of a promotion of the ACC. And the league, I think, as a whole, is becoming more difficult. And, and people are stepping up. And new quarterbacks coming in, really playing at a high level. Guys just, you know, transforming, you know, into better players. So I think I'm going to go under. The way that they go over, obviously, Drake May has a, a historic season, ends up in New York, takes care of the football, and, you know, is truly one of the best players in the country. Which I see happening. I don't think that that's crazy to think that at all. Um, it's just everybody else. Can they get on the same page? And, of course, Tez Walker, I think that changes the offense significantly. I know they have Nate McCollum, Bryson Nesbitt, uh, you know, all these great tight ends and some younger wide receivers that have to step up that were high recruits that, that need to do their part. Um, it's just maybe too many unknowns for me, uh, and, and even especially the run game. Like, what can the run game get going and doing? So, We'll see. Uh, that's the beauty of all of this. We're right here, and they start with college game day. Battle of the Carolinas. Uh, who's the real Carolina? We all know the answer to that, regardless of the outcome. Uh, but excited to see that game. And the, just in a hurry, I mean, everything I've heard about Spencer Rattler is he's playing at a very high level. Uh, and so that is going to be a fun quarterback matchup to see week one. Everybody's going to be paying attention to that game. Um, but that's it from us. Big shout-out to Jeremy. Uh, SID over at UNC. Thank you for setting it up. Coach Mac Brown, the best as always. It's always fun to talk about the heels. And that's it from us, guys. Another great episode of Gramlich and Mac Lane presented by our friends over at Ingles. We need you to go over to YouTube, subscribe, jump in the comments. We need your support. You need to watch this party. It's a lot of fun, and you're not going to want to miss Monday. The Tigers are coming to town. Coach Dabo Sweeney sits down and talks to us, and, and we have a big time. So appreciate you guys always. Uh, but that's it from us. Until next time. We'll see you.